Hello, my name is Rick Pearson. Welcome to Prophecy USA, a program specifically designed to unveil the hidden mystery of America's role in Bible prophecy. In our past lessons, we've spoken about the mysterious hour of judgment and deliverance that will come upon Babylon the Great. On one hand, a tremendous fiery judgment falls upon Babylon. And on the other hand, God opens a window of deliverance allowing the Bride of Christ to supernaturally escape that judgment. But during this miraculous coming of Christ as a thief in the night, what are the two signs that Jesus gave us to watch for? Two signs of the past that when repeated in the future will warn a society that his return would be imminent. Stay tuned, we're about to find that out. Welcome back. You know, we've discussed over 40 descriptions found in Scripture concerning Babylon the Great. And the United States of America is the only country in the history of the world who has met those descriptions. However, there's a miraculous one-hour shift that takes place, affecting both the nation of Babylon and the believers within her. It's a prophetic hour that waits its appointed time to be fulfilled. Now, scripturally, this miraculous event has already been foreshadowed in historical Babylon of 590 BC, when the fourth man suddenly revealed himself and delivered his servants Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from Nebuchadnezzar's burning fiery furnace. Now, while others in Babylon had bent their knees to the dark agenda of the Babylonian government, these three young men stood up boldly for the word of God. And it was because of their courage to follow the word instead of the herd of Babylonian culture, that God found their faith worthy to escape the fiery test that came upon them. Now, many of the 40 descriptions of Babylon the Great have to do with the benefits reaped from her providential beginnings. By mirroring the laws of God within her government, legislature, judicial system, economic policies, the United States of America has reaped the greatest financial blessings of any kingdom in the history of the world. And scripture tells us that God loves everyone. Unfortunately, not everyone loves God. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And although Nebuchadnezzar acknowledged God as the most high God and honored Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego after their great deliverance, the next generation of leadership failed to continue that legacy. And we in America can learn great wi wisdom from the failures of that legacy. Listen to this. From Daniel, a major prophet in Jewish scripture, we have learned that God changes times and seasons. He deposes kings and raises up others. 
He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. King Belshazzar and his elite leaders believed in their hearts that Babylon could never fall. It was at the king's palace, in the middle of a drunken hedonistic party, when Belshazzar decided he would mock the Jewish god and drink wine from the golden vessels that had been taken out of the temple in Jerusalem. Suddenly, a figure of a human hand appeared on the wall and began writing in the Hebraic language. Scripture records that the king was shocked and fear overwhelmed him. He called for the leaders of the Babylonian religions, including the enchanters, the astrologers, and the wise men to interpret the writing, but nobody understood what was happening. Finally, Daniel, the Jewish prophet of the Most High God, was called in and immediately interpreted the handwriting on the wall. He spoke to the king and said, God has numbered the days of your kingdom and brought it to an end. You have been weighed in the balance and found wanting King Belshazzar. The advancing army entered the city in the darkness of the night beneath the gates of the waterway. Babylon fell in one day, without a major battle. Even while they sat in muted silence, spectators of their own defeat, and suddenly it was over, exactly as the handwriting on the wall had said. There was a tipping point, however, a specific time and place when God said, enough is enough, and the kingdom that he had prophetically rose up was prophetically laid down. This covenant nation has invoked the blessings of God by acknowledging Him in every form of government and social structure. Just like Nebuchadnezzar, through their own free will, the Founding Fathers openly acknowledged that the Jewish God of Israel as the Most High God. But has that legacy continued within the next generation of leaders? Can one generation invoke God's blessing, and the next generation through pride, arrogance, and open defiance of Scripture provoke God's judgment? From the lessons learned of Nebuchadnezzar and his successor, Belshazzar, it is most certainly possible. According to scripture, it will happen to this lady of kingdoms at some time in her future. But does prophecy give us any warning signs or handwriting on the wall indicating that the scales have tipped within Babylon and judgment is inevitable? The answer to these questions do not lie in the minds of secular humanism modern science, nor in pagan Babylonian religions. Instead, they lie in the hidden mystery of God's Word. Welcome back. You know, trying to pinpoint an exact timing of the coming hour of Babylon's judgment is absolutely impossible. Even Jesus' own disciples asked that question, and He said, But concerning that day and hour, no man knoweth, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. Jesus did say, however, there would be signs to watch for. And those signs included an increase in knowledge, wars, rumors of wars, and also the nation of Israel and her position in world standing. However, perhaps one of the greatest signs given to us of the coming of the Lord is the revelation of who Babylon the Great is. She is the nation that will precede the last and final new world order. We've already identified her with over 40 biblical descriptions, and they all point towards the United States of America. However, there are more descriptions to come, and some of those descriptions may give us specific clues as to how close we are to her appointed time of coming judgment. Perhaps the handwriting will be written clearly on the wall, just as it was for historical Babylon. 
You know, we learned in past lessons that before her destruction, Babylon falls into spiritual darkness. Isaiah 47, 5 says, get thee into darkness. Revelation 18, 4 says, fallen, fallen, Babylon has fallen and become the habitation of every foul and unclean spirit. But what will be the evidence of that darkness and how will it affect her society? In Romans chapter 1, Paul describes the effects of darkness in society that will provoke wrath against that society. Romans 1.18 reads, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Now the Greek word used here for the word darkens is the word skotizo, and it means to be able to understand the truth, unable to understand the truth, I should have said. Verse 24 says, Wherefore God gave them up to uncleanness, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator. You know, when children are raised thinking they come from monkeys, is it any wonder some may grow up to act literally like animals? With an attitude of survival of the fittest, resulting in school shootings, moral degradation, an absence of any feelings that would embrace human kindness. A reprobate groupthink, society that has totally lost its moral compass. Verse 26 says, For this cause God gave them unto vile affections. For even the women did change the natural use of that which is against nature. Verse 27 says, And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another. Men with men working that which is unseemly. Verse 28 says, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind, and to do those things which are not convenient. Now the Greek word for reprobate is odikamos. It means not being in accordance to what is right. This passage mentions 23 groupthink character traits to look for in a society that the wrath of God is revealed against. Good becomes evil and evil becomes good. With a total disregard for God's moral protocol, Society literally becomes unhinged, following the pack mentality of the herd instead of God's Word. And without even the slightest prophetic insight of what they're about to pull down from heaven. But this is just the proverbial tip of the iceberg. Jesus gave us two specific examples to look for before His return. So stay tuned, you don't want to miss this. Two thousand years ago, innocent blood was shed for you. But will America come back? Will she seek God's forgiveness or will she suffer His judgment? Prophecy USA proudly presents a study guide 
addressing America's spiritual state of the union concerning her past, present, and future role in Bible prophecy. Call right now with your donation of $20 or more to receive your copy, 1-888-306-1759, or go online to prophecyusa.org right now. Welcome back to Prophecy USA. We've been searching for the tipping points or the writing on the wall which would point to the imminent return of Jesus. We've also learned in previous programs that at the time Jesus is revealed in heaven, there will be an open door that miraculously delivers the bride of Christ from Babylon's one hour of judgment. To put it bluntly, when the judgment comes down, the bride will go up. When asked, what would be the sign of your coming? Jesus gave his disciples the examples of two historical societies in scripture whose characteristics we should look for before his imminent return. In Luke 17, 26, he says, just as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be in the days of the son of man. They were eating and drinking and marrying and being given in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, just as it was in the days of Lot, but on the day when Lot went out from Sodom, fire and sulfur rained from heaven and destroyed them all. So will it be when the Son of Man is revealed. Now from this statement, we can see that within both of these societies, judgment suddenly came upon them. One society was Sodom and Gomorrah, and the other was the days of Noah. But do these two examples tie into Paul's explanation of a reprobate society gone wild with lust and vile affections? Remember the saying, those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it? Well, the two societies that Jesus points to in the past showcase the moral issues that our current North American culture battles with in the present. On one side is political progressives, and on the other side is traditional conservatives. Let's look at what the Bible says concerning one of the most controversial issues that we face today in our society, traditional marriage versus gay marriage. Now, traditional Judeo-Christian conservatives gather most of their thinking on this issue from Jesus' teaching. In Matthew 19, 4 and 5, have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female, and said, therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one. Now Jesus' brother, the apostle Jude, traveled with Jesus throughout his ministry. And he also wrote concerning the example of Sodom and Gomorrah in Jude 1 verse 6. He says, and the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, God has reserved in everlasting chains of darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Even Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set for an example. What example is Jude and Jesus talking about? In Genesis 19, 1 through 3, 
describes the destruction of the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, which most theologians place at the southern end of the Dead Sea at the time of Abraham. However, the night before Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed by fire, Abraham's nephew Lot was visited by two angels who came to his house and warned him of the coming judgment. We pick it up in Genesis 19.4. But before the angels lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both young and old, all the people to the last man surrounded the house. The Sodomites of the city tried to force their sexuality on those who did not want it, demanding Lot to hand over the newly appointed guests. And Scripture tells us that Lot said, I beg you, my brothers, do not act so wickedly. Behold, I have two daughters who have not known any man. Let me bring them out to you, and do to them as you please. Verse 9 says, This fellow, Lot, came to sojourn or to live in our city, and he has become the judge? Now we will deal worse with you than with them. And then the men of Sodom pressed hard against the man Lot and drew near to break the door down. But the angels reached out their hands and brought Lot into the house with them and shut the door. And they, the angels, struck with blindness the men of Sodom, who were at the entrance of the house, both small and great, so that they wore themselves out groping for the door. Think about this. According to the Bible, the last thing that God showcased as an example or sign before Sodom and Gomorrah's destruction was a parade of men who marched down the street accusing Lot of judging them for their lifestyle, and at the same time trying to force others to join them in their sexual activities. But we see that the next morning, in verse 23, it says that the sun had risen on the earth when Lot came to Zor, and then the Lord rained on Sodom and Gomorrah, sulfur and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the valley and all the inhabitants. Sodom ended in a fiery judgment, exactly like the one hour of fiery judgment prophesied to come upon Babylon the Great. But how does Sodom and Gomorrah tie into the days of Noah as an example? Every generation has been given in marriage for thousands of years. So what exactly is the link between these two civilizations? You're going to be amazed when we dig into that mystery and show you things that very few people have studied in Scripture. So stay tuned. You do not want to miss this next segment. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, for He raises up kingdoms and He deposes kingdoms. But what about America? The most prolific nation in the history of mankind, the most productive nation to ever exist, the most powerful military that has ever been created with the most advanced technology known to man. Circling the globe, monitoring the airwaves, dominating the internet, not since man's first breath has any nation achieved such greatness. But is this lady of kingdoms in the Bible? Have past generations foretold of her existence? Prophecy USA is proud to present their latest study guide providing over 50 biblical references describing the past, the present, and the future of this great nation. Joining the dots that unveil the hidden mystery of America's role in Bible prophecy. 
To order your copy of the Prophecy USA Study Guide, call 1-888-306-1759 or go to prophecyusa.org. Call today. So what is the similarity between Noah's day and Sodom and Gomorrah? In Noah's day, it rained for 40 days and 40 nights, and those who mocked Noah for the previous 120 years were drowned in that flood, except, of course, for Noah and his family. But after the flood, God spoke to Noah and gave him a sign for all future generations. Genesis 9:12 says, I have set my rainbow in the cloud, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the water shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. However, many days after receiving that covenant, Noah became a man of the soil. And one night he drank too much wine. Genesis 9.21 says, And Noah became drunk and lay it uncovered in his tent. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers. Then Shem and Japheth took a garment and laid it on their shoulders and walked backwards and covered the nakedness of their father. Verse 24 says, However, Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his youngest son had done to him and said, Cursed be Canaan. The Hebrew word uncovered in this verse is the word gala. It occurs 24 times in Leviticus 18 and 20 in the expression to, under, to uncover the shame which denotes sexual intercourse in prescribed situations. So in Noah's day, the first action to oppose God's man of the rainbow covenant was a forced incestuous act to sexually violate Noah. Now historically, Canaan's descendants moved to the land of Canaan, where the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah eventually emerged. And we just learned that the night before Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed, the men of Sodom militantly marched down the street demanding to know or sexually violate the angels who through divine revelation came to warn Lot of Sodom's eminent destruction. Now this is all validated in scripture. So today, 4,000 years later, we watch massive citywide parades showcased by rainbow flags with men and women marching the streets promoting gay pride. Is this the sign within our society that Jesus was referencing between the days of Noah and Sodom and Gomorrah? You know, in 2012, President Barack Obama lit up the White House in the rainbow colors to celebrate the progressive changes of American legislation concerning gay marriage. He also declared in a previous speech that America is no longer a Christian nation. Now from historical Babylon, Ezekiel said 
This was the iniquity of Sodom. They were full of pride. They had excessive food and prosperity, yet refused to help the poor or needy. They were haughty, and they committed abominations before me. Has our progressive liberal culture progressed our society, or have they regressed us back to Sodom and the days of Noah? Are secular humanists who deny the validity of Scripture promoting a culture that is fulfilling the very Scripture that they themselves deny? The United States of America has met 40 specific prophetic descriptions of Babylon the Great. However, today we will add two more. 41, Babylon's society meets the description of Sodom and Gomorrah. And 42, Babylon's society meets the descriptions of Noah's day, emphasizing the rainbow flag. Jeremiah prophesied to Babylon the Great, saying, Surely I will fill you with men, as many as locusts, and they shall raise up a shout of victory over you. Now in historical Babylon, Ezekiel was told, When I tell sinful people they will die, you must warn them to turn them from their sinful ways. But if you refuse to warn them, you're responsible for their death. But if you warn them, and they keep sinning, they will die because of their sins, but you will be innocent. You know, Jesus taught his disciples, judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. However, this scriptural principle is applicable to everyone, not just Jesus' disciples. The wrath poured out on Sodom was a direct result of the hostile, militant actions the men of Sodom directed towards those who came to warn them. It appears that God's judgment was provoked more by the militant actions the Sodomites projected towards others who thought differently than them rather than the sexual sins that they were guilty of. You know, in Canada, should pending legislation uh, become approved, any counselor, clergy, or even common everyday people who voice a willingness to assist someone with addressing concerns about their sexuality by means of conversion therapy could be legally found guilty of an indictable offense and jailed for up to five years. Now make no mistake, multiple verses and whole chapters in Scripture specifically warn us that fornication, adultery, incest, and all sexual sins committed outside the bounds of holy matrimony between a man and a woman are sinful. And those actions continued over a lifetime will have eternal consequences unless you seek the forgiveness of Christ and walk in His statutes. Come out of her, my people, and partake not in her sins, neither in her plagues. And Luke 13, and pray that you might be found worthy to escape the hour of tribulation that is soon to come upon the whole earth. You know, our team at Prophecy USA have no desire to judge, condemn, or point fingers at any particular group of individuals. Jesus commands us to love everyone 
and to pray that everyone will find forgiveness through the teachings of Jesus. But it's also our mandate to repeat the warnings of Jesus, that if our society duplicates the sin of Sodom as in the days of Noah, the return of Jesus could be imminent. And immediately following his brief appearance will come a seven-year tribulation period, the likes of which mankind has never experienced. Well, we're out of time. You've been listening to Prophecy USA. My name is Rick Pearson, and I want to remind you that Jesus Christ is alive, and he's coming back much sooner than many people might think. We'll see you next week. Don't miss it. Shalom. Shalom.